Thanks for joining us for another God-inspired message from C3 Church Monash. Connect with us online at c3monash.org.au and we hope you enjoy today's message. Yeah, too many chocolates already. Oh no, it's Friday, not Sunday. Um, welcome everyone. So good to see you. It's good to be in the house. Friday. So good. Hey, so great to see you, Carol and Reese. So good. Thanks for coming. Um, so wonderful to see all your beautiful faces. Uh, this morning I um, am going to be, um, actually sorry, take a step back. Um, this theme of the month for us um, in this church has been um, his king, um, the king and his kingdom. And um, we've been sharing out of the book of Luke. And last week um, online, Pastor James had a great message um, about Jesus's entrance into Jerusalem um, and how that he is our king and he is our rescuer. And he um, spoke about how there was this ongoing tension, there was this celebration of the arrival of the king um, and a reception of his message. But there was also um, the rejection and the rebuking of his message. Uh, and this morning I'm going to be um, sharing out of Luke chapters 22 um, and 23, um, where we see this continuation of this tension between um, receiving and rejection of the king, um, and we see this, this darkness at work, but all, also light at work. Uh, and I love it. If you have time, read chapters 22 and 23, because... I just read it and I was crying because I was like, I see this thread of redemption all the way through it. Every step of the way through Luke's account of Christ's death in 22 and 23, we see Christ is faithful to his Father's will. His life and death are not without anguish and sorrow. But nevertheless, we see an overwhelming and unrelenting trust in God. Because Christ knew that his death was necessary, but that his death was not the end. And I'm just going to share out of Luke 23, 44 to 47. If you've got your mobile Bibles open, open them up. Um, and it says, It was now about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour while the sun's light failed and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. Now when the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God, saying, Certainly this man was innocent. And, you know, we're here on Good Friday and we can question, why is it Good Friday when it's about death? Um, and we remember the climax of darkness at work. Uh, and we, as we know it, the definition of death is the end of the life of a person or organism. It seems all like upside down and back to front. <laughs> and how is death the end? How is there victory in death. I'm going to tell you this morning that there is. 
and to be able to understand how death is not the end um, and how there is victory in death, we need to go back and look at something of God's character. And scripture points to two things. It points to the love of God and the justice of God. And we see in John 3.16, the love of God is the cause of atonement. And atonement is the work Christ did in his life and death to earn our salvation so that we could be reconciled to God through Christ Jesus. And we can see in John 3.16, God's love, God's character. And it's his love. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. God's character is one of love. And we also see the justice of God. And for God to be just, it meant that he had to find a way that the penalty for our sins would be paid for. Why? Because he couldn't accept us into fellowship with himself unless the penalty was paid. And this is his character. This is justice. And Paul explains in the scripture, Romans 3, 25 to 26. He said, Whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness. Because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time, so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Paul is saying here in Romans that God had been forgiving sins in the Old Testament, but no penalty had been paid. So under the Mosaic sacrificial system, forgiveness was offered through an animal sacrifice. And the New Testament recognises such sacrifices cannot substitute for the sins of humans. In a book by Todd Fryer called Jesus Unmasked, he said, God's bloody sacrificial system in the Old Testament provided for the covering of sins but the sacrificing of lambs never removed guilt. It was only a shadowy picture of a better sacrifice to come. A sacrifice that would forgive sins. It is good news. So it is God's love and justice. It is God's character toward us that allows us to see that death is not the end and that there is victory in death. Amen? Amen. Good news today. Okay. Scripture also shows us that there is no other way for God to do this than through the death of his son. So the death of Christ was absolutely necessary. In Matthew 26, 36, 36 I'm getting my Kiwi accent on. Sorry, my husband's Kiwi. Uh, <laughs> bro. <laughs> Um, it says, the scripture tells us, Matthew 26, 36, If it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. This is Jesus. In Luke 24, 25 to 26, so many numbers, um, Jesus says, Was it not necessary 
that the Christ should suffer these things and enter his glory. And we can be assured that Jesus always prayed according to his Father's will and with fullness of faith. The prayer shows us that it is not possible for Jesus to avoid the death on the cross, which was soon to come to him. It's the cup of suffering that Christ himself said would be his. He knew it had to happen. He trusted God and had full faith in the, pur in the purpose of his death. Jesus, he completely understood that God's plan of redemption made it necessary for the Messiah to die for our sins. And therefore, at the point of his death, have victory over sin. So for us, as we are here on Good Friday, what does Christ's death mean to us? All throughout Luke 22 and 23, we understand that living in a fallen world, Jesus suffered for us, not just at the cross, but his entire life, with his suffering culminating at his death, his sufferings intensifying as his death drew closer. All for us. As Christ's death approaches, we see the hour of darkness at work. In 22, verse 3 to 6, Satan enters Judas, causing Judas to betray Jesus only to benefit himself, only for money. And showing us that despite being with Jesus for three years, he still had doubt. In verse 24, the disciples were having conflict between themselves about who was the greatest of them. In verse 44, Jesus is in anguish. His sweat was like drops of blood. He had such a sense of isolation and abandonment from his disciples. In verse 54 to 62, we see Peter's denial of Christ. As the, as the rooster crows. In verse 63, we see guards mocking and beating Jesus. In 23, 1 to 25, we see the wickedness of human, humanity when Herod and Pilate find Jesus, no fault in Jesus, no fault in Jesus, but only because of the crowd, they sentence him to death, death by crucifixion, a horrible death. These sufferings were all placed on Jesus for us. Yet the good news is, despite darkness being at work, we see God's thread of redemption through Christ's life and death. We see Jesus' life and death represent the collision of darkness and light, despair colliding with hope. In 22, verse 14 to 30, we see this thread of redemption. We see light at work. Despite darkness at work, light is still at work. Jesus taught his disciples the importance of gathering round a meal. He was at the Last Supper, having communion with them and showing them how to serve one another with love and unity, which is the foundation to our faith. 
In 32, we see Jesus is already preparing the restoration of those who abandoned him. He says to Simon, But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. We see in verse 43, angels from heaven appear to Christ and strengthen him. We see in verse 55, in the midst of unrest and violence, that Jesus brings healing. We see in 30, sorry, 23 verse 34, in a court that ignores um, recognized standards of law and justice, Jesus trusts in the Lord and he forgives those who crucify and mock him. He forgives the criminals that are beside him. He says, Father, forgive him, for they do not know what they are doing. In verse 39 to 43, Jesus ministers love and mercy to a crucified criminal and says, today you'll be with me in paradise. (laughs) In 23 verse 46, we see Jesus keep a pure heart towards God just before the death, before death takes him. Father, into your hands I commit your spirit, my spirit. And then he took his last breath. Light conquers darkness at the point of Christ's death. There is victory. Victory over sin and death. Victory over the guilt and the shame that sin brings. We are not and we do not have to carry that sin and shame any longer. In the hour of darkness we see the threat of redemption. And today we are reminded that because of God's character, his love and his justice, justice, he wanted, to sin, he wanted sin to not be a barrier to our relationship with him. For us to be reconciled to God, Christ's death and atonement had to happen. It came at a cost. He took on the weight of the world's pain, the weight of the world's sin and shame. But because of his death, death is not the end. It is the beginning of new life. As Christ crossed over into new life, we also cross into eternal life and relationship with him. In 1 Corinthians 15, verse 54 to 55, it says, When the perishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal puts on immortality, then then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? So today we are reminded that Christ's death is not the end. His overwhelming and unrelenting trust that we see Christ have in God through these chapters of 22 and 23 is the trust that we can have with our Father. The same trust. Through faith in Jesus and what he did for us on the cross, we get to share and participate in Christ's perfect relationship with his Father. Christ's uh, life and death is the foundation of our faith through which we are being transformed and through which we build our life. And we're reminded that as we die to ourselves... We understand that our life isn't free from pain and suffering, just as Jesus' life was not free of pain and suffering. 
but we see in Philippians 3.10 that we know that we can endure this pain, we know that we can endure this suffering because of Christ and his spirit in us. Christ is in us. And we find that as we lay down our lives, we also find true life. It's a little back to front, right? Matthew 16, verse 24 to 25 says, Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Jesus calls us into a living death giving over our life as Christ did to find true life. We don't need to tirelessly pursue success and happiness, but we can live free of the cares of this world and live to love and serve one another. And even in a life of sacrifice, we find freedom. It seems back to front, it seems upside down, but it is not. And just as we see in Christ that his sacrifice leads to freedom. This is such good news. It is Good Friday, right? (laughs) Jesus was victorious at the point of his death. And death is not the end. And this is the message of hope that our king and our rescuer brings to us. And today we're going to take communion together. So I, if you haven't got your um, biscuit and juice, your cups, communion cups, just pop your hand up and we'll come around. Do the opening, just rip it open, it doesn't matter. Don't try and be really sneaky and quiet. It's fine. Actually, I did this last time. I told everyone to do it now and then I forgot to do it myself. We're actually going to do um, communion a little bit different today. Um, But as we've been reminded just of the meaning of Christ's death for us, it's not only a time to um, remember his death, but it's also a time to celebrate the union that we have access to or the union that we have. We have a union with Christ and God the Father but we also have union with a body of Christ. And this is something to celebrate. So if you've never done this before, that's totally okay. I'm going to guide you through it. Um, But what I want you to do as um, we take communion together, I just love you to gather with maybe the people next to you or even your family. I don't want anyone alone. So if you see someone alone, gather them in. And what I would love you to do in two minutes, (laughs) so it's like speed communion, but not really. Um, I'll probably be more gracious and give you more time. But I would just love for you to each share 
just one thing that Christ's death means to you. And then I'd love you to just pray together. And if you haven't done this before and you may not want to share, that's okay. I just encourage you to just listen. Listen in to the reflections of those around you and soak in what that might mean for you. So I'm just going to give you um, two minutes, a few minutes to do that um, and then just pray together and I'm going to do the same thing with my family. So if you would like to do that now, gather together and let's celebrate the hope that we have individually and corporately. Beautiful, so good. I just love that um, picture of... I mean, just seeing you all just in groups, having communion together. Because that's what the foundation of our faith is. You know, like even the shape of the cross, we have this direct connection with Christ and God the Father. But then we have this union also with one another, the body of Christ. Death is not the end. It is Good Friday. And there is victory in Christ's death for us. And just in this moment, if you are here this morning and you may not have that connection with Christ or you may have had it before. And this morning you may have recognised or been reminded that he came for you and that you're the sin and the shame and the guilt that you carry is no longer yours to carry because of Christ's death and what he's done for you. And you might feel distanced because of that sin. But you no longer need to have that distance. Christ's death is an invitation to come follow him and to be reconciled to Christ and God our Father. And if that's you this morning, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand but I'd just love to provide a space for you at the end of the service uh, where we can provide a space for you to share your journey and provide a space to pray together. So if that's you, there's going to be myself and some of our team up the front here, to my right, to your left, Please, I extend the invitation. Come speak to us. Don't miss that moment. Because he came for you. He came for you to experience freedom in his sacrifice. Thanks for listening to today's message. If you have any prayer needs, email prayer at c3monash.org.au or connect with us online.